Are you stuck in a rat race of schedules, to-do lists, and other people's priorities? Maybe you can't even remember when the last time you felt fully engaged with your body, your mind, and your surroundings. If this resonates with you, then you are in the right place. I am Susan Sanders, and I'm here to teach you about sustainable productivity. Each week, I'll be coming to your ears with lessons to create a life that you can fully engage with. Some weeks will be bite-sized moments of inspiration and sharing. Other weeks will include guests and more in-depth looks at doing the right things in a way that you can maintain over time. Let's get started. Welcome to the Sustainable Productivity Podcast. I'm your host, Susan Sanders. Today, we're talking about digital clutter. Before we get into that topic, we will start with this week's glimmer. A glimmer is a thought, feeling, or emotion that confirms we are on the right track towards making life sustainably productive. Let's cultivate these glimmers so you trust your instinct in finding these small things or adjustments that create a life you don't feel like running away from. Today's glimmer is the Barbie movie. I finally saw it about a month after it was in the theaters. It was less about the messaging from the movie and more about spending an afternoon with my people. Paul and I met our daughter in the town where she goes to college on an afternoon she did not have class. It was sweet to spend the time with her for this girl power message of a movie. Paul was there, of course, but he immediately fell asleep like he usually does. He says that he'll watch any movie he wants, any movie I want to, because he can always fall asleep which of course I take a picture of every time. And I laughed when we were talking about it afterwards. I feel confident he will never leave me. There was a 50 foot gorgeous Margot Robbie on the screen and Paul was out cold. So pretty, uh, pretty good afternoon. The gist of this glimmer is that this gave me the insight that spending this time in what would seem from the outside to be unproductive was actually the most productive thing for my relationships. Connection, those relationships, that's what life's all about. On to today's topic, digital clutter. We have had an episode using smart goals related to digital clutter. That was in episode 28. And we took a deeper look at physical clutter in episode 24. Today, we're going to take that close look that we did for physical clutter with a lens towards digital clutter. This is a new environment that even as short as a decade ago did not really exist for most of us. Cell phones, tablets, laptops, virtual assistants, they're all set up for home and work. Kids are getting devices at younger ages and schools are embracing digital learning environments. All of this creates digital clutter that is not productive nor sustainable. The increase in digital consumption has led to a new term called data obesity. The phrase compares digital consumption of information that adds little value to the intake of calories with little nutritional value. Building on this metaphor, there is the issue of storing all the low value content on your device just like storing low-value nutrients on your waistline. Data obesity, this storing of content without plans for evaluation or elimination, can cause security risks to your privacy. Statistics from Kaspersky Security Network report that at least 
30% of installed apps are never used. This digital clutter takes up space on your device and could potentially put you at risk to lose data. The users that the Kaspersky Security Network sampled had an average of 66 apps on their phones. And I want to stop right there before we get too far into these this data and statistics. I just picked up my phone to take a peek at it for this point of the apps. They had an average of 66. Y'all, I have 248 apps on my phone. The data that we're about to review, let's just call it conservative to say the least. So of the 66 apps on the average phone in this particular study, 54 of those 66 consumed 22 megabytes per day, even when they were not in use. That's the key piece there. It's not that when we're using our phone all the time, it's when it is just laying on your desk or on your nightstand. This information led researchers to investigate further and they discovered 96 of the 100 apps that their sample users had on their phones started working without the users having to launch them. Consider what information is on your computer and mobile devices. Contacts, personal information, and banking details, all of that's particularly sensitive. Here's a snapshot of the common categories of content stored on our digital devices. The data stored on our devices that's particularly risky is one part of the problem. Only half of the Kaspersky survey participants reported regularly deleting any of this content from their device, and 13% reported never deleting anything. Aside from the security risk, this leads to information overload and wasted time. Anybody that's ever tried to show a photo to someone or a group of someone, you can never find the photo you want when you need it. 56% of Kaspersky's participants reported having lost data on their smartphone. This is the equivalent of wasting time looking for an item that's lost, then spending money to replace it, only then to end up with two of the same item. Digital clutter follows physical clutter in the loss of time and money. In fact, the Harvard Business Review reported that 66% of people who have accidentally bought the same item to go in their fridge have also found it difficult to locate a document or file while at work. This trend is an example of not living in a sustainably productive environmental surrounding. If you lose your physical things, you're going to lose your digital things. Whether it is spending money on a second jar of mayonnaise or having your banking information hacked on your mobile, it is a loss to your finances that is not sustainable. Lost time spent looking for the olives in your kitchen fridge and garage fridge is just as unproductive as time spent looking for the email with the discount code that is lost in the 10,000 emails in your inbox. The financial impact to businesses is equally unsustainable and unproductive. The International Data Corporation reports the impact of digital clutter like this. $19,732 per employee every year, plus 21.3% of the organization's total productivity. So for an organization with a thousand people, addressing these time wasters would be the same as hiring 213 new employees. 
We know more though. We know that digital clutter's impact is about the effect of your health as well. People report feeling a sense of overwhelm and disequilibrium when looking through the hundreds or thousands of photos that they have accumulated on their phone. Overwhelm and stress kick off cortisol, which has a negative effect on health outcomes. If this information resonates with you, know you are not alone. Ironically, a quick online search for digital clutter resulted in almost 35 million hits. I mean, talk about digital clutter, right? After the break, we will talk about ways to start to chip away at the digital clutter that is getting in the way of creating a life that you don't need to escape from. This break is brought to you by you. Thank you for hitting play on this episode. I know you have so many choices of podcasts and I appreciate you listening to this one. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe, share, and leave a five-star review. The more you share the messages about sustainable productivity, the more we can create a world where we are all more engaged in our lives. Now back to the show. All right, let's get into some practical strategies. First, you need to start with where you are. If you have not done the time tracking exercise or this is a new idea for you, check out episode 25 about time management to learn more. If you already have your tracker or you have a good idea of where time goes, let's start to see what you find. First, we're gonna take a couple different approaches. It's a little different than what we've talked about before because we're gonna look at this qualitatively and quantitatively. First, quantitative, the numbers do not lie. Look over your time tracker or a weekly plan and identify where you wasted time looking for things. Files on your computer, an email you need to resend, which version of the presentation are you supposed to show during the conference call, the photos from your daughter's birthday party. You know the lost files I'm talking about, the ones that you just couldn't find right before you hit play on this episode, the one you might be trying to find while you're listening to this episode. Now spend some time with observations. This is the more qualitative side. Where do you run into problems with your work? For example, do you miss deadlines? Do you spend too much time looking for documents or emails or have a hard time prioritizing your tasks? Do tasks take more time than they should because you're looking for things? What would you like to spend more or less time doing related to all of this searching? Now, what are the hot spots in your digital life that cause chaos? Incoming email overall, junk mail, multiple versions of files, long-term storage that gives you peace of mind. Are you unable to remember passwords? Start a list of the problems. Don't worry about the solutions yet. You're just downloading the problems from your brain. You might also keep a list of what is working for you. Are your digital files at work well organized? Maybe you can access your digitized recipes in seconds. What areas of your digital life seem to be working for you? Baselining for the digital clutter component is very similar to the work you did around physical clutter. Counting time wasted from clutter, as well as identifying what is working and what is not. Whatever you do, if you're multitasking, please come back to the episode. This is not the time to go download a bunch of new apps to streamline your productivity. Until you identify what the issue truly is, an app can't help. Once you have your baseline, you you can begin to make some of those adjustments though. 
If you want to make an impact on your digital life and the systems that make you sustainably productive, I do recommend you make improvements in all three areas of sustainable productivity. You only need to pick one at the start, and we're going to go through several potential adjustments. So as we go through the second half of this episode, maybe make some notes about what resonates with you. You don't need to do all of these. I just want to give you a wide variety in all three areas of sustainable productivity. That's physical, mental, and environmental suggestions. These are just options to get you started. So first of all, some of the physical adjustments. What works for you physically about your digital clutter? This is the virtual version of what I talked about with my microwave on top of the refrigerator. If you access a file often, for example, keep it easily in reach, specifically your reach. I often take meeting notes and I have a template for this. So instead of four or five clicks to get to the notes template, I put a shortcut for the template on my desktop. I click it, boom, I'm in business. And I know saving four clicks might not seem like a big deal, but over the course of five meetings a day, it does add up and it just makes it easier for me mentally to do. So how are you retrieving your digital documents? An example of this is we found that owner's manuals were taking up about 24 to 30 inches of file cabinet space and we needed that space for other stuff. And what we found with these manuals, we often never even looked at them. So our solution was to download the PDF of that manual and save it to Google Drive so we could both access it. My husband and I can both get to it. Keeping these files in the desktop would not have been sustainably productive. Files that rarely get used should be moved to cloud storage. The third physical adjustment is around grocery shopping. The problem that we were trying to solve in our house around grocery shopping was not just the standard, oh, we forgot the list, although of course that happened too. We had a few different issues that were solved with an app on our phones. And this was a few years ago when our kids were younger and everybody was living at home. And the first issue is that multiple people went to the store, not just Paul or myself, but when the kids both were home and they had driver's licenses, of course, we sent them like that's the beauty of having them have their driver's license they get to run errands for you although i trust my son to drive to the store i did not trust him with a list of what would feed us for the week keeping track of paper is just not his thing but his phone is another story i knew he would have his phone so that helped us keep that helped solve the solution of keeping our grocery list on an app this is an app that we all had So this worked for us to solve the second problem. And that was when my husband would ask me to stop at the store on my way home from the office. This is when I was back. This is back when I was working in an office. And, you know, he would want four to five things and he would call while I was driving. So I couldn't remember them. But the app was able to solve that problem. He would just add them to the app and then he would call and let me know, hey, I need a couple things. Can you stop? The third problem that solved for us, this was a byproduct of the kids with licenses, is that they were seldom home, which made it difficult to do grocery shopping for the week and the meal planning. You know, they were not home for me to ask what they wanted for breakfast and lunch. When are they going to be home for dinner so we can plan, make sure we have enough and who wants what. 
having a grocery app helped tremendously. What I would do is I would send a text on Saturday afternoon calling for all the items to be added to the list by noon on Sunday, regardless of if they were in front of me in their room being teenagers or at their friend's house, they had about 12 hours to add their what they wanted to the app. And at the designated time, whatever was on the app went into the grocery cart. If these challenges sound familiar to you, a grocery app might just be the solution. Next is fitness trackers. One of the adjustment strategies we talked about in the exercise component is to log it. There are numerous fitness trackers out there, and I wonder if sometimes they make it more complicated than it needs to be. I do have a computer on my bike that syncs up to an app, and that automatically happens when I charge it. But what I do on a normal basis, a day-to-day basis, is much simpler. I have a file on my computer where I just put down the number of miles I rode and it automatically tallies for the month and also the year to date. And it's fun to see the total miles at the end of the year. It also helps me see patterns from month to month. And that's not to pile on shame if I didn't ride very much in May, for example. But next May, if I wonder what happened, I can look back and historically see, oh, well, that was a busy month, you know, end of school, kid activities often leads to less time on the bike. So if you would like to try this tracker, I will link up to that in the show notes and you can use the same um, Excel file that I use. So moving on to some mental adjustments, consider your why. The reasons people give for hanging on to their digital clutter varies. This includes laziness, thinking something might come in handy, anxiety over the idea of deleting anything or even wanting ammunition against someone. Maybe you save that email just in case. When considering if you should keep a file, follow the process you did with physical clutter and ask yourself a few questions. Is there another place I can find this? What is the worst thing that could happen if I deleted it? Can I live with that outcome? Next adjustment is to schedule weekly digital tidying. Set aside time each week for filing documents, updating to-do lists, deleting unwanted emails and duplicate photos. Literally add it to your calendar. This is what I was describing in the digital clutter episode number 28 that I mentioned before about the smart goals and what I do each week to stay on top of my digital clutter. The next adjustment is similar, and this is to schedule an annual purge. I love the week between Christmas and New Year's for this. Bookmarks, digital clutter, virtual desktop, shared files. You can even extend this to your email, unsubscribe from unwanted ads and newsletters that clog your inbox. This is more of just a big sweeping cleanup. Think of it as, you know, that black bag energy when you're doing a physical declutter that is what this annual purge is. It's not necessarily a very time-consuming tiptoeing through everything. This is a select-all dump. Next, consider your relationships. The system has to work for your people or you will be the person everyone asks to file and retrieve papers. Ask me how I know. The method we use in our house for filing allows us to add keywords. For example, I would file car maintenance under Subaru, but my husband might file it under Crosstrek or car. Our system allows for all of these options to be included under one name. This makes retrieval very easy for everyone. 
Another adjustment is to make a playlist. When we talk about mental well-being, the topic of music often comes up. Digital music options have exploded. Pros and cons of all kinds of platforms exist, but this adjustment relates to making music work for you. Make a playlist of your favorite songs. A few years ago, I wanted to get rid of my mixtapes because I no longer had a convenient way to play cassette tapes or CDs. So I put a playlist on my phone and it brings me an extraordinary amount of joy. Plus, I was able to let go of uh, physical clutter with this digital solution. The last adjustment I want to offer in this area of mental adjustments is to reduce decision fatigue. Save passwords, use bookmarks, and unsubscribe. If you don't remember signing up for something, do you really need it in your inbox? There are digital password solutions that will allow you to sync up to different computers. And truthfully, a good old-fashioned notebook works. Please do not label the notebook passwords and keep it under your computer keyboard, though. That is the first place people will look if they happen to break into your house. Let's move on to some environmental adjustments that you can take to improve your digital clutter situation. The first is virtual desktop. Saving files to your desktop is a good way to make things easy to reach, but you should also be careful not to let your desktop get too crowded to the point where it becomes distracting and fatiguing. Also keep in mind that files on your desktop are probably not backed up and are often not protected against theft. Something to keep in mind if you work in an industry where that is regulated like healthcare or banking. Number two, discern before digitizing. Scanning and filing in the cloud is not the answer to everything. Yes, our taxes take up valuable real estate in our filing cabinet, but taking the time to scan those documents is not the solution, especially for documents that, knock on wood, we won't ever have to access again. Our solution is to keep a box with seven years of taxes in one location uh, that we don't see every time. This is not in our file cabinet. Then April 15th, when I'm done with the current year taxes, I go to that location, put away this year, and take out seven years ago taxes and shred it. No space in the file cabinet and no need to scan. My intention for you in this episode is not that you do all or even most of these things, but maybe a couple sparked your interest. Start there. Start small. Make adjustments as you go, and let me celebrate victories with you along the way. I'd love to hear what resonated with you in this episode. You can reach me at susan at sustainablesue.com. Show notes for this episode will be at sustainablesue.com slash 37. Until we meet next week, remember to create results in a way that you can sustain and that are productive for you. Thank you for your time this week. You have just listened to the Sustainable Productivity Podcast. If you liked what you heard, you might like what you read. Come to SustainableSue.com to read more and subscribe to have the weekly message sent to your inbox. You can also get show notes, including links to things discussed in the episode there. SustainableSue.com Consider sharing this episode with a friend. The more you share the message about sustainable productivity, the more we can create a world where we are all more engaged in our lives. Keep going, friends. As Devin Durant says, small efforts sustained over time can produce significant results. Have a good week.